selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Celebrity Book Club. Guys, that last take was even better than the first. Cool. Hey there, little lady. Service entrances around back of the hotel. Dancers enter in over there. Oh, sir. You have everything mistaken. My name is Missy Etheridge. I'm actually here for the lounge singer position. Missy Etheridge? I never heard of you. Yeah, well, I just moved from Hollywood. You don't look like a rocker to me. You look like a chick. I'm a chick who rocks. Just give me one song. Huh. Well, I got a couple hours before we open. I guess I can stop, uh... Shining this old, dirty Irish pub bar that I got going on here in this hotel in gorgeous downtown Boston and maybe uh, pull up a chair and see if you got the chops. Thank you so much, sir. I swear, I've played all over Kansas. All right, all right, all right. Don't waste my time. Just uh, shut up and sing. Why don't you, little Missy? Was that what your name? Yeah, Missy Etheridge. My influence is uh, the Beach Boys, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Tina Turner. All right, little Miss Tina, show me what you got. She looked at me at the end of the bar. Long legs and long blonde hair. I was two beers deep in my bottle. All right, I gotta stop you right there, Missy. Wow. I mean, honestly, I'm pretty shocked. Sounds like you're singing about a chick, but you're a chick. But honestly, I don't know. I mean, it kind of works in this weird way. Yeah, man, uh, not to be weird, but I'm a lesbian. Okay, I don't even know what that word means. But you know what, kid? You're hired. Five nights a week, 20 bucks a night, five hours a night. You're in and out right now. I'm in, man. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, Mr. Murphy. I'll see you tonight. Five on the dot. Hell, I'll be early. All right, wear something skimpy. I got a leather vest. Had already. Who's 
that knocking at the door It's all your friends, you filthy whore Your husband's gone And we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill It's Hollywood It's books It's gossip I'm shook It's memoirs It's martinis It's Studio 54 It's Fellini. Celebrity Book Club Come read it while it's hot Celebrity Book Club Tell your secrets, we won't talk Celebrity Book Club no boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Say it loud and proud. Celebrity Book Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, best friend. What's going on, man? <laughs> hey, rocker chick, how's it hanging? Oh, man, it's hanging. Good. You look like you Real get down. Good. Yeah, I get down every single night. Fuck yeah. <laughs> And how's your hammer hanging? Yeah, my hanger hangs low. <laughs> How low can you go? I'm so excited to talk about this book. It's like my favorite book we've read in a <laughs> I mean, while. Yeah, I would just say content-wise, the content's killing me. Like the first like 100 pages, I'm just like. I'm like, so this was like written for us. Like it's kind of like. I don't want to say it's an SNL skit about like 90s lesbians, but, but it, it is. certainly is. The writing style isn't, like, so gripping me, but I found the content to be pretty electrifying. Yeah, I guess I wasn't. This is a very you critique. <laughs> I wasn't being like, oh, my God, freaking Hemingway <laughs> over here. And we rarely do encounter a sort of a hemingway Yeah, I feel pros. like that's a little bit of a given in our <laughs> podcast. That maybe we had well, some no, really there, good writing out there. You no, know? absolutely. No, there is good writing out there. But yeah, no, amazing content. We read a book by one of the most iconic lesbians of all time. I mean, there's five famous lesbians. And there She's was one two of musicians. <laughs> and, one was Katie Lang. And the, the other, other was, was Melissa Etheridge. And her book from 2001. The, the truth, truth is, is dot, dot, dot. My life. In love. And music. Wow. Ghostwritten by Laura Morton. <laughs> I wonder if she's a lesbian. Do you think a non-lesbian could ghostwrite a lesbian's book? I kind of think it's a non-lesbian because in the back it says, has co-authored a number of best-selling celebrity books. She lives in New York City. I feel like they kind of farmed her out to yeah. her from Villard Books. It's a random house. Also, like, Melissa has a lot of straight friends, as we have found out in this book. Yeah. From Laura Dern to Brad Pitt to Meg Ryan. To father Dave, of her child, David, David Crosby. Crosby. So let's just dive into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, my God. What, she does not not deliver the tea. And I was kind of surprised at how much tea there is, because, like, this book came out in 2001, you said? Yeah. So first of all, let's get the dark stuff out of the way. Her sister does molest her. Her sister does molest her just like season finale, L Word, Tina. Series finale. Series, sorry, series finale in the L Word when they did It's actually like, not even in the series. No, it was a like special web-only video <laughs> that was released on like Showtime.com where Tina reveals that she was molested by her older sister when she was younger. I wonder if they just took that directly from Melissa Etheridge's I book. I kind of think Eileen Shaken probably read this and was like, mm, yeah. I'm going to take this. Yeah. So basically her entire romantic life. It's colored by and she would traumatic experiences. Her mother was withdrawn, but she doesn't really say how. Just kind of generally withdrawn. Sister would like beat her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, older siblings love to beat up on younger siblings, but this went a little further. It would do beatings and then it would be like, okay, then she would act nice and be like, touch me here. Yeah. 
I mean, did it not also remind you of famous not friend of the pod, <laughs> <laughs> Lena Dunham? Oh, yeah, who supposedly, like, made Cyrus, like, her like, sibling finger, finger her. her. And that came out in, like, Cyrus's book or something? I know, it came out in Lena's book. And in Cyrus's book, Cyrus, which I read, doesn't even mention it. Uh-huh. So... Basically, she says kind of second page, this is then, like, how my attraction started. But then the sister not only beats her up, but then is molesting her, but then is also, like, slapping her. And there's this, like, real, like, when she tries to stand up for herself, the sister is, like, just kind of out of nowhere, hits her in the face. It only stopped when I got the courage to stop her. We were all of us going to Arkansas one year, and before we got to our grandparents' house, we stopped at a hotel in Eureka Springs. My sister and I were standing in the bathroom, brushing our teeth, and she hit me right across the face, really, really hard. It was like, pow! Didn't make any sense at all. It was clear out of the blue. The television was on in the room. Bella Abzug was speaking at the <laughs> 1972 Democratic National Convention. I was 11 years old. I just remember thinking to myself that this was all wrong. And that's when it stopped. That's when I said, enough. I just love how the, like, w- women's movement is just, like, mm, weaving in and out of this whole yes. book. And it's just like, yes, at the moment that I stood up to my abusive, like sexually abusive older sister, that's when Bella Abzug was on TV. And then it's like she comes out at like Clinton's inauguration. It's very DNC. And it's like she comes out and is so, yes, I am. And to jump to her coming out at Clinton's inauguration, (laughs) she says, Bill looked at her now ex-wife, Julie Seifer, and was like, he looked at her for a long time mm-hmm. before he knew that I was <laughs> woman. Yeah. And was like, oh, he liked her tall, dark, tracked. You know, all butches need to think that Bill Clinton wants to fuck their femme. No, I need to I'm know. I'm sure that you would ben be I bragging was. up and down Cortelu Boulevard. No, it would be that thing where it's like, I'm 80 and I'm like, can I tell you a story I mean, about uh, Bill Clinton? One time. He slapped my <laughs> And I never forgot it. Yeah. I told her, you can never wash <laughs> that cheap little lady. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, God, Lily's telling the Bill Clinton story again. (laughs) Okay, so then in high school, Mm. she's attracted to her friends, as all lesbians do be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she has one friend. They're best friends. She's blonde, tall. Every woman in this book is like, tan. she's always she's like, really into saying women tan. are tan. It's very 90s <laughs> to be like, oh man, she was so tan. Yeah. <laughs> Picture of hell. Yeah. White girl with a tan. White girl with, I mean, But then oh. there's Linda, who was half Hawaiian, so she was even more she, tan. But then there was Kathleen, who was actually pale and not tan. Right. And she was the opposite of Linda because she wasn't tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, brunette. The only sort of energy that a woman can emanate is either sort of tan or not tan. <laughs> tan or not tan. It's the new, are you tan or not? Proper or happy? Are you tan or not tan? Like, would you identify as a tan person oh well you know (laughs) i am so like wanting to be tan same (laughs) and i I do like love summer even though it is just like when winter rolls around i am like ghostly white yeah but i don't think that i'm like pale girl because i'm not so like goth you tan in the summer yeah and i like commit to tanning well you used to like put like crazy oil and be so like we're tanning and it's girl tan and we're tanning it's girl dinner and (laughs) lunch (laughs) when i put my in the summer my skin next to my lovers 
I mean, she is a ghost. She fully is a ghost. Though. Yeah. So it looks very different. Yeah. When two white people stand <laughs> next to each other. Anyway, yeah, basically, Melissa, the dream honestly happens is her and her hot, tan best friend start hooking. Yeah. Up. It is the dream. And at first, it's just kiss. And she's like, no, we can't. But then they're inseparable. They work at the same fast food place. Like, it's actually very the lesbian version of my favorite show, Firefly Lane. Yeah, so Jane works at the counter, and she's like, I was the packer. Which I thought was an interesting when they were getting this fast food. She's like, it's a fast food burger joint. And I'm like, that's an interesting butch femme dichotomy. Like, she's Front of house. Front of house, back of house, right? Yeah, because it's very butch. The huge scoop of fries. Yeah. Put them in. Yep. And then Jane is... Taking the orders. Hey, what do you want? I lo- oh, they also live, to give you background, they like live in a full prison town. They live in Leavenworth, Kansas, which is just like, there's a huge federal penitentiary there. And there's like so many other prisons nearby, It's like for too. men and women. And she's like playing music in high school for... Okay, well, the scene where she goes to women's prison. Yeah. She's like already being very like... Kind of Lance Bass in this way, like being in like a middle school band with her like three friends and they're like playing like old like country covers at random reviews like in such She's local restaurants. She's getting on the circuit. Like her daddy gets her a guitar. And they're playing at old folks homes like with the Schroyer sisters and the Short sisters and Bob Hamill. <laughs> She's at this women's prison. We played the Kansas State Women's Prison. And I remember standing on stage staring out at the inmates and thinking, what are all these men doing inside a women's prison? <laughs> it took a while for me to realize that they were women. And once I had that realization, I was curious about them, interested. Not on a conscious level, of course, but there was something going on in that prison that fascinated me. All right, things are awakening. Oh, things are awakening, honey. In her loins. And as Melissa says throughout this book many times, I'm a very sexual person. (laughs) Yeah. And I need passion and I need lovemaking. Well, the big sort of through line of this book is that she's poly, which was really kind of something that I didn't see coming. Yeah, it's like she's poly, but she's like a pimp. But also it's like she's poly, but doesn't want to be poly. And she's like upset about it. And like all her songs are just basically about being poly. And she's always like dating a woman and then being like, and it's okay if you need to go on a date with someone else and explore a relationship with like a man. And then that man is also married. And then while she's dating this woman, she's also meeting someone else on tour. And she's so U-Haul lesbian and constantly moving Moving in and out with someone after meeting them immediately. So like a different Venice Beach apartment and is like so like toxic fudge in this way where she's always like so furious. At her hot tan girlfriends for like (laughs) hooking up with like other like tan chicks at the K Sarah Club in Long Beach. (laughs) And then we'll reflect for a second, be like, but then yeah, I was actually fucking a different chick every single night and I didn't even realize how it felt for Kathleen. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, for me to go out and like it's like that. yeah maybe Kathleen like didn't love also is pissed that you were just being like I just can't help myself I met this girl who's tan and she's like <laughs> swinging her huge hair and like she has her leather jacket okay the 80s hair that's so crazy and fried and, and metal metal <laughs> man okay so basically she's in Kansas and she's like I'm a lesbian then she moves to Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. So she goes to Berkeley School of Music. And this happens to 
every single person basically I know who went to Berkeley School of Music is parents want their kids to go to college. But the kids are like, well, I want to be a rock star. And they're like, okay, fine. Then sure. study music. Yes, then go to rock star school. So, <laughs> and then they go to Berkeley School of Music. But as someone who all of their babysitters, personally, all my babysitters went, went to, Ber- to Ber- <laughs> Berkeley. Um, I was raised by tons of different world musicians. So I kind of like know a lot about the curriculum. You kind of realize when you're at Berkeley, it's actually not rock star school. It's no. just like they're teaching theory. Well, as she says, she goes, all the classes were very theory driven, very caught up in the idea of music rather than the music itself. I had to learn to play a certain way, learn all the rules. I didn't like it. thought the music was whatever it wanted to be. Theory just wasn't where I was at. I wanted to play, not talk about it. Do it. And, you know, that's how I felt at NYU when I got my internship at CNN. Because I was like, I'm sick of learning about media. I want to be in it. I want to be printing wanna, out scripts yes. for Paula Zahn. And then I was. No, interning is one of the coolest <laughs> things you can ever do. Were all your, like, world music nannies, like, do you think that they They didn't become successful because of Berkeley? Or I guess I'm saying, like, they went in more jazz and world, and so I think that's why, actually, they were more into Berkeley, because it was a little more notes and beedy-bop-bop-doo-bop. But if you go in for rock... Yeah, okay, I agree. Because jazz, famously, as Lisa Simpson once said, it's about the notes you don't play. Mm. But you have to learn all the notes. And it is so 5-8 time signatures. And, like, it is very math-driven in, like, this almost this classical way. But, like, rock is so just, like... <laughs> Tabs, I, I man. Don't, I, don't, I don't know what a chord is. I just fucking play. But my babysitter, Teresa, who was from Rio, <laughs> she was literally so Melissa Etheridge and was like high-waisted 90s jeans, cropped leather jacket, like such a big mane. Mm. But she was like samba. And like I would go get a pass and like I was allowed to go see her at like Riles Jazz Club. That's so cool. And like a like, youth pass? Because I was there with my parents. So they were like, okay, since you're with your parents, you can go to this like jazz you, So you club. had like a little wristband that said you couldn't drink alcohol. Yeah, and I probably we like got like a Shirley Temple and it was so like dark and she was being like it's crazy how much it's like when people talk about nature versus nurture and it is so nurture because you just are a child of Cambridge and you were raised in jazz club by world music nannies <laughs> no it's like and that's why you're just like I am a funky saxophone cat and like why you're wearing a shirt with the martini embroidered on it right now <laughs> right and I'm just like looking for world music records and I'm just like <laughs> planning my trip to to Rio. <laughs> oh, when are you going? Oh, I'm um, 2027. Oh, yeah. yeah I've I started a Quapital account. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new queer bank. <laughs> Wait, yeah. can we role play the scene yeah. with the roommate? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to be Melissa and I'll be Helene? Yeah. Okay. In walked my roommate Helene from New York City. She was all fashion and style with a huge presence. She sounds like a babysitter. (laughs) She was the first Jewish person I ever encountered in my life. And she was just so different from anyone I used to. Anyone I was used to. Really out there. Ready to make her mark on the world. That first night, we just sat up and talked. When I told her I was from Kansas, her eyes lit up. Oh my God, she said. Like I was some slightly oddball foreigner. But eventually the conversation got more personal. Helene leaned into me and asked, Well, do you like boys? What a funny question. <laughs> no one ever asked me before if I liked boys. Well, sure. <laughs> They're fine. They're okay, I guess. Helene smiled at me and said, Because I don't. I like girls. And I sat up straight up. 
thinking, she's just like me. She likes girls. It was such a revelation. There were other people like me, other people I could talk to about my desires in a free and open way. She told me that there were bars we could go to, and she intimidated a whole world of women that I had no idea existed. In so many ways, my life started that day during that conversation with Helene. After that, it was all different. She showed me the way to be, and I followed it. A couple weeks later, Helene walks up to me and says, I found out where the women's bar is. It's called Prelude, and it's right down the street. So off we go, and Helene waltzes right in. Hey, sister. (laughs) She says at the door. I show them Jennifer's expired ID to get in, and I walk inside. And it was just wonderful. A room packed with women. Women of all shapes and sizes. Butch, tomboy, lipstick, Jewish women. Women of color, white women. (laughs) (laughs) Just this wonderful mix of people laughing, drinking, falling. It's so (laughs) Albert. Yes! Yes! No, I'm obsessed. Well, this made me think, have we ever actually talked about our first gay bar experiences? That's crazy. I don't think we have. On this podcast that chronicles our lives? Let's get into it. And by the way, we have both extensively searched for evidence of prelude. Nothing to be found. Yeah, there was no evidence that I could find a prelude. All Classic could... lesbian erasure. Yeah. But there just wasn't the kind of media back then. No. That we have now. No one was chronicling. But let's get history archives on it. I know. Because, you know, you talk about Ramrod and Machine, which are the big gay leather bars of which Boston. Are, yeah, which are now over. And Jacques Cabaret is like the drag bar of Boston that's been open for years. Okay, your first gay bar experience, go. I guess my first gay bar is going to the Bagley Dance, which was the Boston Youth Gay Alliance. Oh, right. And they had this dance, and I wore my, like, Elvis skirt, and I, like, was literally, like, the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. And everyone there, like, was so, like, queer and eyeshadow and, like, choker. Yes, it was, like, total early 2000s. I mean, it was alt, but also, like, I almost had, like, a— Blur because I was so nervous. But then this girl did talk to me and I was so awkward. And she was actually kind of like a short femme with a bob and was like, I like your skirt. And I was like, Bruh. to this day, I'm like, oh, you're a bob seeking yeah, missile. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my route. And I'm like, I didn't like get her number. So now I'm going to get the number of every girl with a bob I need. <laughs> it was that summer. That summer, I started using Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth makes elevated loungewear and amazing, luxurious, soft bedding that surpasses even the finest hotel sheets for a restful night's sleep on your travels or at home. I love Cozy Earth so much that I got it as a present for my spouse. And the things that happened on that bed, you wouldn't believe it. I got their joggers and oh my God, it almost feels like you're nude, better than nude. It feels like you're swimming in the most luxurious ocean. So stay cool and comfy during long flights with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, adding mm, a touch of style to your travel ensemble. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code CBC at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know we sent you after checkout, okay? 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Celebrity Book Club. I think my first experiences was in LA with my cousin Chris taking me to all mm. the gay bars in West Hollywood when I was like 14 or 15 with the fake ID. And I remember wearing my sheer Armani exchange polo that I had. It was so see-through. And what like color nipple. was it? Cream sheer. Okay. And it was like very nipple driven. Mm. And then it said like Armani exchange really little like right here. I don't know if you remember this. I'm trying to remember all of your Armani exchange clothes. And that one actually is not coming to mind, but I'll keep I thinking. lived at Armani exchange yeah. in 2002. And I rented, I guess, at Armani <laughs> exchange. I owned you rent. Yeah. You were being like, Lily, we're getting more tops. I'm getting this. I'm getting this. I'm getting this. So wait, what age are you at this? So I'm maybe 14, 15, and he took me to, like, the Abbey, Mickey's, wait, Rage. what? Yeah. At 15? At 15, and I, like, wasn't drinking, but we were. I was, like, visiting them all and just being like, this is crazy. And he was so, like, giving me the rundown. He's like, okay, so this is where you go if you want to find, like, an old man who's going to give you money and take you home. This is oh. where you go if you want to meet the circuit queens on Tuesday. Oh, I'm like— Iconic. It was insanely iconic, and it was very, like, I wasn't ready for it. And he was also yeah. never, like, saying that I was gay and I wasn't saying I was gay. But he was very, like, this is my world. And he was kind of letting me know subtly that, like, one day— there would be this community that I could just walk into. Wait, but that's insane and so fab. I mean, that's also so young where it's like, you think maybe he'd do that at like 17, but 14 is, you're like so small. And then I feel like I didn't actually go to a gay bar until I lost my virginity well, when I'm I was just, 18. <laughs> and, I, and I looked up gay bar on citysearch.com when I was already a student in New York for like a year. <laughs> no, it takes a while. Cause, I mean, my ID got taken away like so fast. I feel like freshman year and then I had to get another one, yeah. and, you know. And that's really tough when your ID gets taken. Seriously. Okay, also in Boston news, so did you catch that she worked security at Boston Deaconess Hospital? <laughs> yes. By the way, at this point, she just drops out of Berkeley and works security at the hospital. And my dad was, was already working at the Deaconess at that time. Does he remember well, her? Well, so I asked him, and this is what he said. I said, Doug, do you do you ever see her <laughs> coming in? And he goes, nope, don't see your name on the plaque listing donors. <laughs> and we don't have a famous people who were here gallery. She was on the day shift, so I may have seen her or even met her. I used to talk about the wonderful days in the friendly and intimate environment of the New England Deaconess Hospital where everyone knew everyone else. And when you walked in the door, the cleaning lady or perhaps the security person would greet you by name. So then he's just now being, like, nostalgic for the good old days when, like, it was more of a family. And I was like, oh, is it so soulless and corporate now? And he was like, yes. 
damn, the Deaconess Hospital used to be like. So cheers. So cheers. <laughs> okay, so in Boston, though, her high school girlfriend moves in with her. And, and is then, also so abusive and then hits her. Yeah. And then she finally is just breaks it off. Well, no, the girl moves back to Kansas because the girl's also from Kansas. Oh. And she was like not brave enough to break up with her. And then the girl leaves. And then she's like, finally, I could do what I want. Because at this point, she's making two fifty a week, like playing at this hotel bar at like not the Copley Hotel because that like burns down right after she starts. Oh to get yeah, a job I know. There. That was I didn't know that the Copley Hotel burned down. By the so way, so she quits the Deaconess job and then she starts busking in Park Street, literally, which is the most iconic. If you're gonna busk in Boston, that's you're, Park Street, you're busking at Park Street. And then she like is like, wait a minute, this is like making more money than securitying. So then she starts to like try and get gigs at local bars. I got turned down flat at every single place until I got to a little downstairs restaurant and bar across from the Hancock Center. It's just like she's only going to places where my parents worked in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like your parents are like walking by like her playing at like this bar and being like sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) This bar called Ken's by George. I'm going to ask my mom. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. So that bar I remember. I want to say it's on Boylston. That would make sense if it's across from the Hancock Center. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that place. So she's playing there. She's making money. And this line that she says about Boston, leaving it, is, like, literally what, like, everyone says about Boston. Boston was good for me. It opened doors I didn't even know existed. It changed me as a woman, as a lesbian, as a performer. But as I looked around this city, I realized that it wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to go west to Los Angeles. After all, how else do you get to be a rock and roll star? Same. <laughs> it literally has never been like, okay. You know so what? I'm good. I'm good. I got on a Boston. lot out of this town, but I gotta roll. So she moves to LA, discovers she has gay uncles, which is fab. Two gay uncles, which is insane. Yeah. And it's like, honey, it runs in the family. So then she like discovers all these other lesbian bars. Okay. I'm so obsessed with all the bars in Kay this book. Sarah? I just started keeping a list of all the bars she mentions. There's Prelude. There's La Vernada Lounge at the Granada Royal <laughs> Hotel in Leavenworth that she, like, goes back to before she moves to LA. The Dover Fox. Flamingos, the lesbian bar in Venice Beach. The Executive Suite. No, the Executive Suite at, like, Paloma's Lounge or whatever. I'm like, I want to, to go, go to a lesbian bar like, called the Executive Suite. The best I need thing I've to ever go heard. to all of these bars. Robbie's the K Sarah, where she like actually gets discovered and she's like really doing a residency there for like years. The K Sarah killed me. Where she's like getting so many record contracts, but also meeting so many tan women. That's what I'm saying. She literally is just like, I left with a different woman every night, leaving the K Sarah. Fucking tannery. But then the first woman, it's like so U Haul. She like meets this woman named Nancy Tan, (laughs) (laughs) and she's like, Yeah, I'll move to Long Beach with you. And she's like, I loved all these girls with their apartments. It's like it actually reminded me so much of you being so like, Wait, girls with apartments? Slay. Slay. (laughs) I mean, I'm still just like "Hmm, waiting to find a man who doesn't have a roommate. Like. Must be nice. (laughs) And I feel like just like all these bars are so like little tables with clink, clink, clink with drinks. Yeah, I know. It's so small circle tables. And like it's all such a movie where it's like so much smoke and she's playing and everyone's talking. They're drunk. And then everyone is like, hold on. Wait a minute. This chick's good. Is this chick rocky? (laughs) Doth I detect a rockers? (laughs) And so the amount of times this book, she also says like, I want to be a rock and roll star. 
Yeah. Like, no one says that anymore. Well, it's, it's very the musical rock of ages. I just saw Nantucket. <laughs> Even though she calls out how she's so, like, opposite from heavy metal. Okay, this but... book is also very lesbian phone tree. So the part about her getting discovered. Most people think that I was discovered at the Kesara, but I was actually discovered in a bar called Vermes in Pasadena. I'd made some fans among a women's soccer team, and they came to see me play. I bet you did, Melissa. <laughs> there was a woman on the team, Carla Leopold, whose husband, question mark, Bill, was a manager in the music business. My fans on the team dragged Carla. To, okay, so the fans are dragging Carla. Carla's the one yes. girl on the soccer team, and she is so shoulders in soccer. But no, like, I almost like, screamed when I read that, that basically the— tree for her getting discovered was an entire women's <laughs> soccer team. The one straight one on it right. is like married to this guy who's determined. They're like, you better bring in Bill tomorrow night to Vermes. Carla's just getting or so Or else we're doing 30 sprints. <laughs> Carla's just getting bullied by her whole lesbian soccer teammates. <laughs> Into her husband signing Missy Etheridge. <laughs> and like, that's how you get discovered, okay? Literally. Got the team on your side, honey. Yeah. She also has this whole thing about her voice in this because she's so raspy. I'm not the only one around well, the like, for you. I feel like this is the classic, just like, very movie mythology of like any artist where it's like at first they want They're you like, to sell no. out and make your I mean didn't Cheryl Crow had the exact same thing and like yeah. Shania Twain the exact same story it was like the first producer like it was too clean yeah. it was too pop it wasn't us. It was like Alice Cooper also did this. And there's like, we needed something scronkier. And then they're like, just give me one day back in the studio. One day. I want to do it. My <laughs> And then she does. And then and she's like playing at like a hotel for like the head of island music who like <laughs> discovered the whalers. And he's like the most like tan white guy who's so like beach shorts. And ponytail. Yes. And it's like little sunglasses, ponytail, like <laughs> yeah. circling a Malibu on ice. <laughs> and he's listening to it being like, yeah, this rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that extra day in the studio. It was worth it, Missy. <laughs> Wait, also, she's already left, I think, like, two women. And is always like, Kathleen told me she wanted to be non-monogamous. And so I said, fine. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then she writes this song about being poly, like the way I do. And it's funny because it's like, I think this is like a theme where a lot of her, like, big hit songs, they seem kind of, like, pretty, like, normal, the lyrics. Like, Come to My Window, for example. Or this one, like, oh, does she like you the way I do? But it's actually, they're kind of all about being poly and kind mm. of, like, weird. And, like, this whole song, like, tell me, does she love you, like, the way I love you? Does she stimulate you, attract you, and captivate you? That's because her and Kathleen are in an open relationship, and Kathleen has already seen someone else. Right. It's not like a breakup song. It's like an no, open is like, relationship song. Or this song, occasionally. And it's like, I'm only lonely when I'm driving my car. I'm only lonely after dark. I'm only when I watch TV. Because it's like, I'm only lonely occasionally. It's like, well, yeah, because like, fucking nonstop. Yeah, and you're bringing home a new tan bitty from Quesarat every night. <laughs> also, Dead, when she does get signed, she starts touring. She starts dating Kathleen, the non-tan one. She meets at a women's music festival. Also, with the crazy thing about her career and her, like, coming out and the whole, like, 90s thing, like, Melissa Etheridge was never really trying to be closeted. She was pretty, like, I'm a huge lesbian. I'm playing the Santa Clarita Women's Festival. Right. I'm in a leather jacket. And it was only when she was nominated for a Grammy and she came with Kathleen, I believe, like, the women's music one, 
then he pulled her aside and was like, um, sit with me. Her manager. Her manager. Right. And she was like, oh, what? And, like, that was him being like, yeah, you're going to sit with me and, like, not your women's music. Yeah, maybe, like, the first time you're on TV, like, don't do this. And then she performed, and then she sells 60,000 copies of her album the next day because they love her set so much. She's like, it was so weird because everyone's sitting down at the Grammys, except for Stevie Wonder was kind of nodding his head. <laughs> so she made eyes with... Yeah, she's like, she I left. stared at Stevie Wonder. It's like, well, he's not staring back. <laughs> but he was the only one kind of, because he was really feeling the music. Yeah. And he was letting himself Well, maybe out. because Stevie wasn't, like, seeing that everyone else was being so, like, tense and Grammys. No, I mean, I agree. The Grammys are tense. The Grammys it's are your biggest so, moment. The Grammys are so tense, and everyone is just, like, in their, like, Vera Wang gown, just, like, seated. Just being like, mm. mm. And I feel like they're always, like, cutting to the audience, and it's just like... Beyonce is just, like, moving her head ever so slightly and, and like, mouthing maybe, like, some of the words yeah. to just, like, whatever, the Taylor Swift or the Rihanna song. And then they're like, oh, this shows that she loves it. Like, she's really feeling it. And it's just, like, everyone's so calm. Or it's just, like, Luke Combs isn't singing along. They're like, Luke Combs is throwing shade at, <laughs> at Rihanna right now. <laughs> the shade room. So, also at this Grammy moment, things are happening. So... When I was 12, her, like, behind the music would play Melissa Etheridge's, like, on a loop on some, like, summer vacation I had. Mm -hmm. So I watched this so many times about how she and Julie Cipher, her first wife, got together. So she meets Julie at a music video shoot. Julie is tan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very just, like, Julie is exotic. And it's like, well, I think she's just, like... <laughs> Not white. Well, Linda was half Hawaiian. But I feel like Julie is white. I feel like Julie also kind of looks like Ghislaine. Yeah, I feel like Julie is not white. Because maybe I'm just saying because Lou Diamond Phillips is Mexican, but whatever. Let's get 23 and me here yeah. on Julie. Okay, who cares? I'm just saying she's calling her exotic, just being very 90s. Like, she was exotic. Right, and she had, like, dark hair. Right. So, Lou Diamond Phillips, who's famous for being in the movie La Bamba. Haven't seen it. Okay. Anyway, they it's on meet. my list. Totally film stuff. They meet on a music video shoot. And they're flirting. And Melissa feels something so strong. Wait, can I just say something? I feel like music video shoots were the Instagram of the 80s and 90s, where it's like, yes. that was the only way to meet, like, hot chicks. Yes, you're like, like, ooh, we're on a shoot. Now you meet hot chicks on Instagram, but back then, you would only find them just, like, at a video shoot. And Julie was, like, the assistant director. And again, it's so L-word, where she's probably being so headphones yeah. and like little tank top. Oh, for sure. And like Melissa and loved like, the way she was keeping everyone on and time. And do you think maybe she so was lesbian. like oh, little shoulder tattoo? jewelry? You know, like oh. silver wrap, like bicep like bracelet, you know what I mean? I think that's a little too alt for Julie Cipher. Okay. I mean, the name but Julie Cipher is the most spy name ever. It's so spy, it. 90s, like hacker, like what the video store, like, hey, I'm Julie Cipher. Oh, I want to name my daughter Julie Cipher. It's so cool. <laughs> Not, um... Sydney well, and no, I am going to name her Sydney Bristow. Or no, Bristow. <laughs> Bristow, Sydney. They're flirting all day long. And then at the end of the shoot, Julie whispers in Melissa's ear, If I wasn't married, Charles. Chiliana. But also, Melissa's like, Yeah, and if I wasn't in already a poly relationship with <laughs> yeah, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kathleen and like 100 other women at the K Sarah Club. Okay, wait. Can I do spoken word? of the poem she wrote while Kathleen was away at the first March on Washington for gay rights. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, in the book. There's, like, there's lyrics. there's lyrics and, like, little, you know, photos of diaries and stuff. I saw you on the television, in the television, 
Headline news, 50,000, 50,000 were there, and the speaker, and you, backstage, like I met you, and I fell in love again. I am here, having tea. The lid <laughs> burns my hand, 5,000, 5,000 miles away. You are there, and it burns my hand. Will you understand? Come home. Oh, not the tea. (laughs) (laughs) And it is so her just being like, I'm getting abused while listening to Bella Abzug at the DNC convention. I'm burning myself on tea while you're at the March on Gay Rights. Bill Clinton is horny for my partner in 92. (laughs) I feel like we have to get to KD. Oh, of course. So this, I was... My jaw dropped. Oh, my jaw fucking dropped. <laughs> so you're wondering, yeah, it's Melissa Etheridge and Katie Lang, the lesbians of the 90s. And they become, like, instant friends because they're just like, we but. Oh, and they, <laughs> they literally meet at the Grammys or, like? No, they're at an after party with George Harrison and Tom Petty. Then I spotted this gal in the corner, just a cowboy girl head to toe with this harsh buzz haircut. And she was standing there with what was clearly her girlfriend. So Kathleen and I slide on over there and start chatting with Katie Lang and her girlfriend. Katie and I instantly hit it off. Though there was never a physical connection between us, we always had a great time together. It's like, (laughs) we know Melissa. I mean, that is so 90s where it's like, obviously you guys are one both tops, like both like, but I mean, Melissa's way more like Butch, but it's like, but the second sentence she says is, "We've never had a physical connection." It's like, okay, didn't ask, didn't ask, and it's just like kind of obvious. I'm like, you guys are bros, but I guess it's like the fact that she put it in there makes me think that there is. I think she's, and being there was more... some weird time where they were like having a couple cores. But the lights. whole thing is about like Julie. No, and I know, Katie. and then yeah. Julie. Okay, so by this time, also Julie has divorced Lou Diamond Phillips. And Julie's never been with a woman. She's getting to know what it's like to be with another woman, like a rock and roller. So they start hanging out with Katie Lang. And uh, yeah, Julie says to Melissa, I'm attracted to Katie Lang. Oh, and Katie Lang is like living with them. Yeah. This is what's also very like lesbian roommate vibes. (laughs) So lesbian roommate. And Julie is basically just like, it's just so L-word, and it's very, like, Shane and Jenny and Carmen are, like, all living in this L.A. house together. And she's like, yeah, let's just all live together and like with Melissa, our girlfriends. And Melissa's whole thing was, like, I was done being Polly. Like, Julie was my settled-down girl. Like, I didn't want to keep, you know, sharing chicks. And then Julie reveals that she had developed a strong desire for Katie. And in a very truthful way. She told me she wanted to sleep with Katie, which completely shook the foundations of my world, bringing up all my issues and insecurities. I'm like, in a very truthful way. <laughs> so, no, no, so she told you, aka <laughs> telling. And no, and that is where you are, right? But the writing me, like, in a completely, she's at her, like, Monica's Lewinsky style iMac. In a truthful way, um, she told me she wanted to have sex with Katie Lang. Yeah. <laughs> So Melissa says yes. And then they do. And she's like, I asked for all the details. You know, Melissa was just like, how many fingers? <laughs> and then, yeah, Melissa's pissed and jealous, but Julie was honest with her. And then she said she had no desire for Katie after. Yeah. And then she goes, as strongly as I felt, I somehow understood that I wasn't going to lose Julie over this. But in the same breath, I knew that I would never really have all of her either. 
And interestingly, after that experience, Julie never saw Katie again, at least not in that way. We still see her socially from time to time, but the friendship has never really been the same. It took me a long time to get over the incident with Katie. A part of me tends to drown out those feelings. I never wanted to go through that again with Julie. I wasn't mad at Katie. Okay, maybe I was a little, but we've put it long behind us. We spoke about it once over the phone. I just said to Katie that I thought that it sucked that this was going on between her and my girlfriend. I felt like kind of stupid about the whole thing. It's not that particular instance. It's the idea that Julie could ever commit to me, could never commit to me and only me. You and know, she kind of doesn't say what Katie says back. No, you know, I was picturing Katie literally doesn't care, is leaning back, is in a long suede jacket and jeans. And, and she's like, on her, like, landline. Yeah, she's on this? her landline on, yeah. like, a couch. There's, like, other girls there and so many, like, Budweiser <laughs> bottles and, like, a big this, golden— this harem. <laughs> and there's, like, a big golden retriever or something. And she's like, yeah, Melissa, look, she's all yours. Did my thing. <laughs> but then what's insane is Melissa's like, we saw each other socially. We never—I never got over it. And then, like, for the rest of the book, she's like, so me, Katie Lang, and Ellen DeGeneres were in a hot tub together. Yeah, it's very, like, you are lesbian best friends. And she's like, yeah, we were always bugging Ellen to come out. She wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just, like, part of the lesbian mafia, but then saying that you were— Maybe she means that Julie and KD weren't really close after that. Yeah. I feel like maybe KD did finger Julie again, like, at Women's Fest 98. Yeah, like, once. Because also, like, Melissa's always like, and then it was Julie's 33rd birthday, and we all did tons of body shots with Laura Dern. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> okay, wait. Like, cutting ahead to Laura Dern when she gets David Crosby's sperm to have a baby with Julie, and then Laura Dern goes... Wouldn't it be funny if the baby was born on my birthday? <laughs> that was such an iconic joke. Bailey. Beautiful Bailey Jean. So I want to bring up something that's actually so depressing. Oh, is, the sun. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they go back and forth about like choosing David's sperm. So they're like, well, he had addiction issues. So will like that like influence our baby? Mm. And like. I don't think the sperm did, like, genetic trauma. But basically, Melissa Etheridge's son did kill himself. Overdose on opiates in 2020. Yeah. I saw articles that called it a suicide, and I saw articles Same. that call it an overdose. And we don't really know, and that is an interesting it line. It is just very sad, the addiction through line, because the son is so young, is like two or four in this. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't want him to be like an addict, and then... But, yeah, hashtag don't blame the sperm. It's, yeah, I'm not, not blaming David, David Crosby here. That her son it's died. insane how when she talks about what a hullabaloo that was, and, like, it really was a hullabaloo. You no, know, it was. I remember, like, even hearing about that, even though I, like, didn't even really know who either Melissa Etheridge or David Crosby was, I knew in 1999 that, like, she was having a baby. Well, because and there's I, this whole thing where they were, like, so it was released in Rolling Stone in, like, an exclusive, and it was, like, this week we're about to hear who is the father of Melissa Etheridge's yeah. kids. Because it was very, like, you know, 90s lesbians are having babies on their own, so it was kind of this new... Yes, she was like, probably the, genetic the first aspect of it was new. celebrity lesbian. So lesbian in vitro. Again, she's still only one of, like, five main lesbians. <laughs> Ellen, <laughs> Melissa, Rosie. Katie, Rosie... Oh, when Gail. She, <laughs> Gail, and that's it. When she talks about, like, when her and Julie, like, bought their little Hollywood house and it was, like, the best of times. And she's like, yeah, everyone who was a young and struggling artist came over. Dermot Mulroney would come over and, and play, play cello. cello. 
Dermot Mulroney played cello. This yeah. little young actor Brad Pitt would come over. I mean, and that's them being so bet and Tina and being yes. like, our house is the party house and has the pool. Right. And that's Meg Ryan. And it's like her. Brad Pitt, like, fucking like an extra from like interview with a vampire like in the <laughs> pool just being like yeah it's cool Melissa lets me use her pool whenever she basically, wants basically yeah their house is epic <laughs> they have the kid it's a hullabaloo <laughs> <laughs> this word that I've like never said before now you're obsessed with I'm obsessed with hullabaloo and then <laughs> it's Melissa's a big like, 90s to do it's up there with like Monica Lewinsky and Tanya Harding, baby. And I do remember being a kid being like, whoa, like this old man. Yeah. Uh. And Melissa's like, yeah, everyone was making jokes about it. Even Ellen, who I feel like was still like not even out. Right. Ellen is so annoying and toxic. It's like. But it's also so lesbian for Melissa to be like, it's not cool for like a stand up <laughs> yeah. comedian to make jokes about this thing that's like the most talked about news story. And it's kind of just like, what do you like? She has to. Why would she not? Oh, and like she was like, oh, and this up and coming comedian Rosie would come to my house too. <laughs> It's really insane to yeah. be a fly on the wall. Okay, the one other thing I just wanted to mention is Bailey's groovy birth announcement. I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> no, but like I saw that. her like band member like does this cool like hippie poster of like the photo, and it still is being so like seven pounds six ounces, but it's all in like Grateful Dead like Woodstock font, and it's hand drawn. I think that's kind of cool to have a friend participate in your baby announcement and not just be so shutterfly about it. Absolutely, I agree. But basically, if you don't know this, Melissa and Julie did get divorced. And Julie was like in couples therapy, I'm not gay, which is so Orna in couples therapy. But then they were still together for months. It's just very old old 90s to say I'm not gay because I feel like Julie just is bi. Yeah. And then they finally divorce. And I just have to read this part of this like night she has when she realizes she's single. We went to a strip club. I'd never been to one. I was like, whoa, I missed out. And of course the girls in the club recognized me. And all of them wanted to dance at our table. It was a crazy good time. And then this woman sees her from across the room. And I looked at her and said, give me your hat. And she puts in a cowboy hat. But then she like, so lesbian, I was like, I didn't feel an attraction to any of these strippers on my like wild divorce night out. That's for men. Yeah. I needed to see like someone PA <laughs> on a <laughs> set. <laughs> Well, we can show up in a lesbian strip club, but it's everyone has, like, walkie-talkies. <laughs> also, you, like, put away, like, a sex, like, you put away your clothes, and then you get, like, kind of a newsie, and then, <laughs> and then like, cargos and, like, walkie-talkies. And she's just, like, taking off her shirt, and she's miked. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Come to my segments. How does she live? What does she wear? What does she eat? What doth she be eating? She ain't no foodie, I'll tell you that. She's not mentioned food once in this book. In this, like, People magazine article, interview with her queer daughter was like, my mom loves sitting down on Sunday watching the Chiefs with a big bowl of popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I feel like that's kind of my mom, though, where it's like, (laughs) randomly, you like a sport, and you're like... Make a big bowl of popcorn, but, like, don't eat anything else. Yeah, no, it's kind of like lesbian mom dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, she talks about how, like, Julie was like, on her for her weight. I feel like she's so, like, craft services on tour. E- and, like, was so having drive through. Yeah, just, and like, she's having, like, wraps and, like, whatever. Then it's like, oh, like, there's only an Arby's in this town. Fine. Fine, like, yeah, let's have it. And then it's kind of 90s and be like, oh, I'm watching my cholesterol. Let, let, <laughs> yes, let, me, get the, this- let me get the low soda ham sandwich. Like, is that a diner on tour being like having this chicken and cottage cheese salad being like, on a diet again. Yeah. Doc says the cholesterol's up. <laughs> she sure is a drinker. Yeah. She's not really being like, oh, alcohol is a problem. She's just being like, yeah, we're doing tequila, body shots. Like, I'm cracking a beer. Do you think she's into hoppier varieties these days? Absolutely. I mean, I also think she loves cannabis. Yeah. And she's getting, like, delivery, or she has, like, people, like, sending her so many gummies? Yeah, I think she's getting delivery. But she's but also getting, like, Seth Rogen's, like, I could also see her, like, throwing delivered. on some Oakleys and, like, going to the Med Men in, like, <laughs> <laughs> again, like, Clarissa Beach. Yes, and, no, like, she is going to a Clarissa <laughs> Beach Med Men, for sure, with her big hobo satchel. And it's like, uh, what do you got that's uh, good for anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> And then, like, get some CBD oil for, like, her two. For the puppers? Yeah, when she's like, yeah, so instantly we got two cats and two dogs. <laughs> it's like, y'all have to farm up, like, <laughs> yes. so fast. It's like, what happened to just one dog? Like, one cat? Like, it has to be four. <laughs> it's so that you can say the dogs. <laughs> yeah, we have to let out the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what does she wear? Well, she's, I mean, like. I mean, she was so rocker and, like, Levi's. Man, and leather jacket and a tank top. Yeah. But now is she like more? I think now literally it's just Heather. She got a newer leather jacket that's a little more like motorcycle collar. And then like a Heathered Rock the Vote 2016 tee. But she's grabbing, yeah, her like favorite softest Rock the Vote. And she has like a RBG quote Heathered. I feel like there's a lot of. Her house is RBG'd up. Yeah. And it is like, I feel like her daughter is like, okay, RBG mug. Yeah. Because, like, she's so Clinton fundraiser. I mean, she, like, is only at Clinton fundraisers throughout the entirety of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. Here's also why I think she is funky foot jewelry. No, I agree. I think it's like Because at one point she calls Julie the perfect Virgo. So it's like she is being, like, 
LA astrology. Yes. Like. No, I think and she is she's like, obviously so Buddha. So Buddha. Tons of rings. Yes. Silver jewelry. Yeah, like clink, clink, clink. And like some sort of bracelet that's not a Kabbalah bracelet, but it like looks like a Kabbalah it's bracelet. Something and it's like necklaces. Oh, also her tattoo. She got a white tattoo with white ink. That is so weird. It's like the end of the book, and she goes into a tattoo shop, and the guy says, you're one of us. And she's so happy of because of that. She's like, before, I was only with the gay community. And here was this guy, so different than me. He was playing heavy metal. <laughs> and I got in my car, rolled it down, and I had a white tattoo. White tattoo, I guess, is kind of early 90s in this way. Which comes back to her being like funky footage. Also, in definitely in the nineties, when she talks about how like Julie wanted her to dress a certain way, and she was like, "I started dressing the way I wanted to." She does have some more femme moments at award shows. That's so velvet, kind of more Fleetwood Mac-y. Yeah, and, and like belled sleeves and like a little bit more like a weird dress boho. So there's boho elements coming into the heathered RBG rocker, <laughs> and someone calls her like. Home. Butch in like an article, and she's so like shocked. Well, right if she like comes out when Katie Lang like outs her at the <laughs> Clinton inauguration, and she's just like, Whoa, I'm like just came out of a lesbian, I'm already a butch rocker, according to the news media. Yeah, all right, I guess okay. I'll roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> How does she live? Okay, I think I'm seeing kind of like this restoration hardware faux tufted leather couch. I'll definitely take leather because it's easier to clean with all the dogs, the dogs, and just like piles. Because at the end of the book, when she She's like, I'm divorced. She's like, I'll leave something on the counter and it will still be there the next day. I think it's keys and dog leashes. So many iPads and like, and letters, like thank you letters from Nancy Pelosi, but then also like asking for money letters (sighs) from Nancy Pelosi. I feel like she's getting confused and like thinking Pelosi is writing her personally, but it's just full DNC like junk mail. Yeah. She's like, I got to get to that. Yeah. And there's, like, so many, like, clickers in the basket with the DNC junk mail. And she's being like, I don't know which remote works. (laughs) (laughs) I switched to Sonos. Who are are you you in the the book? book? I mean... Am I Helene? Who's so fabulous and Jewish and being like, come to the bar. You're famously, like, actually randomly not Jewish, (laughs) even though everyone thinks you are. But the thing is, like, I'm also not being the one, like, showing the gay bar. I don't think you are Helene. Are you Laura Dern being like, come to my premiere? I'd like to think so. I mean, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if your baby was born on my birthday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't see myself wanting to really share my birthday with a baby. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> and just like, um, okay, so this baby's like younger than me. Like, you No, you would and then like, and then you're like, oh, Melissa's doing her baby's birthday. Yeah, I'm kind of like already furious about the baby and the concept. I mean, I feel like... You're definitely not Katie Lang in the harem that you've envisioned. <laughs> no, I'm not Katie Lang in the harem. Like, I'm just kind of like, I'm a lesbian at Sarah. Or are you like Bill Clinton, less seen over Julie? Mm. I'm dressing Julie with your eyes. <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> are you kind of Julie, though, just being like, I want to sleep with Katie? Mm. And being like, and I need to be honest about that. And I'm like toxically honest. Yeah, and you're just being like, I crave the touch of a man. (laughs) (laughs) You're Julie, done. (laughs) And I'm looking at that ass. (laughs) Or I would also like to say, like, I'm the head of Island Records and I'm like little sunglasses, balding ponytail. ponytail. 
Um, uh, I give this book like 4.5 guitar picks from the DNC out of five. Like, it's a beach read. It's 90s. Like, if you want some fun, just like lesbian history. I think you could read it in a day. I mean, I'm also just like, maybe now that you've listened to this episode, you probably don't need to read Mm. it. Again, it's like more content than style to me, where it's not like it's so like hilarious in this way. There's there's not a ton of like dialogue in it or like scenes in like a Janice Dickinson way where you're like, oh my God, that amazing scene where she steals the thing. It's more just like, I can't get over these lesbian bars that she's at and I can't get over the Katie Lang tea. But like, now that you've heard it, maybe it's on a must read. No, in the end when she's like talking about like playing with Joe Cocker like the day the wall came down. Yeah. But I give it four out of five inductions into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just for the names of bars alone. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess it's up to you whether you want to read it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm usually, out. Usually I'm it's not up out. to you, but yeah, in this case, it's up to you if you want to read. As so much fun hanging out with you at the Quesera. I've had an amazing time. If any of the bars we mentioned still exist, please let us know. If you've been to Prelude, let us know. Okay, best. Best. Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Lily. It's produced and edited by this badass chick, Darby Masters, that I met at a little bar called The Donkey's Inn in Sacramento. Supervising producer is this awesome, awesome dude named Abu Zafar. Met him at a hotel in Phoenix. He was at the end of his rope, but I could tell that he'd seen a lot of things. Executive producer is Christina Everett. She went on Olivia Cruise with me in 1999, and then she was never seen again. Teddy Blanks did the graphic design. He's a pretty cool cat, if you ask me. He gave me his sperm, but I haven't used it yet. It's on ice. I have a personal cryo fridge in my home that I use for in vitro. The theme was created by Stephen Phillips Horst. Now, there is a man who dropped out of Berkeley. And he still is in $80,000 worth of debt. Prologue Projects created the podcast also at Berkeley College of Music. We were just kids. We were just students. I'm going to ask that you go over to the podcast app. You're going to want to leave a review. I know you're listening. Now you write a little ditty about it. Write a little song. And if you want even more of us, go to patreon.com. And subscribe. You'll get another episode every week. All right, I got to go. I'm wanted on stage. See you soon. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. 
You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.